0: What's hey up? Hey, guys. How are y'all today? How's it going? You can't answer us because this is a podcast, but... You, you can answer us while you're listening in your car. Yeah, you can just talk to yourself. You know? <laughs> <Not> <laughs> That's normal. Obviously. I'm nervous about today. Today, we have a great, great episode for you guys. Oh, God. This is going to be an interesting one. I think it's a pretty famed one especially if you're from the Pennsylvania if you're from Pennsylvania because that's where this one takes place like Philadelphia area you might know who this is never know he's pretty popular I don't know who she's talking about but I feel like I might at some point the unicorn killer what <laughs> wait that sounds familiar did morbid do a podcast on it uh-uh. I saw something that said unicorn killer um, there's, a uh, the hunt for the unicorn killer thing on Amazon Prime, maybe. No, uh, I don't know. Right. I, oh, I did see that on Amazon Prime, but, you know, I I don't think I've heard of the story yet. So, it's not what you're thinking it's about. He did not go around murdering unicorns. <laughs> oh my God. Because <laughs> they don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, um, what he kind of deemed himself the name, the unicorn, in middle school because... He was, like, different from everybody else, like, mm-hmm. very different from everybody else, and so that's kind of, like, a term people use, is, like, they're the unicorn, you know, like, mm-hmm. to deem somebody different. So, anyways, let's just get right into it. Of course. Of so, course. So, Ira Samuel Einhorn. What? Einhorn? Uh, yes. Einhorn. Like, Einhorn. I'm Sarah I'm, I'm Einhorn. <laughs> He was born on May 15th, 1940, into a middle class Jewish family. No wonder he's a unicorn, Einhorn. horn. He has a horn, like a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> so, I didn't really find anything about his early life um, until he was about 20-ish. He became a prominent member of a group in the 60s that was against... Um, going into the Vietnam War, and he was like an act, an activist yeah. leader of a group. Yeah, he was known as Philadelphia's head hippie. <laughs> he was <laughs> head. Is that even a thing? A head hippie? <laughs> Apparently, it is. That's not a thing. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> he was a large, burly man with electric blue eyes. Oh. and an unkept beard. And here's the kicker. He seldom washed or bathed. W- oh, huh? <laughs> huh? <laughs> yep. That was one of the first sentences in the uh, couple activist. of the articles I was reading. <laughs> so let me get this. He's a unicorn activist <laughs> who seldom washed or bathed. And he was known as Philadelphia's head hippie. And he was a head. This is just no, no, honey, no. That's not okay. So, anyways, he was a really intelligent dude. Mm, no, bet he Betty was a head hippie. <laughs> he attended the University of Pennsylvania, and um, I forget he said like was they- his major. I don't Order? know, but he knew a lot about quantum physics, and he was just a really, really smart dude. Okay, like one of Hank those, Pym in the house. One of those incredibly smart, like, crazy smart people. He wasn't Hank Pym, was he? <laughs> no, he looks nothing like Hank Pym. He said beard, blue eyes. Big, I mean, he's a big dude with a giant beard, and he's bright blue this eyes. dude. Like what the heck? <laughs> so um, he became the he or he was like the oh, crap. What's the new word I'm looking for? He was like the headline headlining speaker for the inaugural 1970 Earth Day rally in Philadelphia, and so he is called the creator of Earth Day, basically. But people, like, argued with it. Just, he's ugly. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Look up the unicorn killer. He ugly. Uh, I told you. He, um, so people, like, said he wasn't the, the creator, but basically he was the creator of Earth Day. Sure. <laughs> um, so in 1977... He held a fellowship at Harvard's Kennedy School of Government. Einhorn had been um, going out with his Texas beauty, Holly Maddox. She like up picture her. She's super pretty. I think I saw one when I looked up Ira. Um, she was. She was um, really, really pretty. She said, er, "The one of the articles said that she was his beautiful and gracefully delicate girlfriend for five years. How could someone as pretty as her right? be dating I, that? I think she was just attracted to his smarts, like, because he was Obviously, so smart. Obviously, because he's not that good looking. So she was originally from Tyler, Texas. Holly um, was a blue-eyed former cheerleader who had been a brilliant student at Bryn Mawr College and had turned her energies into the women's liberation movement well you know she sounds good yeah she's she's a nice girl she what here's here's why they were dating she was drawing drawn to Einhorn as one of the political icons in their day so he was kind of like a celebrity in the nineteen sixties and so that's what <laughs> not a very good looking celebrity. <laughs> that's what made her like be drawn to him. So big, big mistake, um, honey. <laughs> yeah. So um even though he was an advocate of peace and nonviolence, Einhorn treated her very poorly. Um, as he had with his previous girlfriends. His behavior included physical abuse, and he had once smashed a soft drink bottle on one of his girlfriend's heads, and he uh, even attempted to strangle another. Okay. Okay. Hold on a second. Hold on. He is an activist against Vietnam War, and he's against violence and all that shazam. Yet <laughs> all that shazam. he is willing to physically abuse uh-huh. his own girlfriend. Uh-huh. That just doesn't make sense. Like, it who in their right up. mind is against that? Yet is the person who does that exactly. It doesn't really um make sense. He's like two separate lives. So, um, they stayed together for five years, um, and in that time. Holly had, um, I, well, back up a second. So Holly had a younger brother and three younger sisters, so she was the oldest of her family. So when they were dating, she brought Ira home to Texas to meet the family, and the article said they were horrified. <laughs> I would be too! He's ugly! They. It says, like a caveman, Einhorn began eating ravenously. Oh my god. So, the fam- while the family said Grace, he scratched and clawed... Okay, this is disgusting, but he scratched and clawed at poison ivy blisters while they were saying Grace. Oh, no. No, 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 no. And then he also treated Holly as if um, she were her his personal maiden. No, 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 no. I'd have been like, you know what? Get out. Uh-huh. Dumbo. And so, her sister Elizabeth said, we concluded that he basically came down here to try and promote a rift between Holly and my father. Um, Yeah, that was the end of the quote, I think. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Oh, this was another thing. After Elizabeth's... High school graduation. hmm She visited London, where Holly and Ira were traveling on Holly's savings. After she graduated high school. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. hmm Yeah. Uh-huh. Let that one sink in a little bit. And um, she had uh, told... Her sister Elizabeth, that she, quote, she was, or she told me she was really tired of Ira and that when she got back, she was going to leave him and start a business. I mean, good choice. So, <laughs> so when they came home, Holly had finally grown too strong for a man accustomed to weakness. She, she met another man in, and in early autumn 1977, she told Ira that it was over between them. I mean, that was a good choice, yet probably a bad one. Yeah, it didn't turn out so well for her. So, he threatened by phone... So, she moved to New York, I think it said. Yeah, she, um... Was tired of everything that was going on in their relationship, so she moved to New York where she began dating the new man she found, Saul Lapidus. 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 Okay. Um and she called Ira from New York to end their relationship. Oh my that's like that's all that's like one of the worst ways to break up with someone. Oh, it really is. And so he flew into a temper and then threatened to throw all of her belongings on the street. And then run them over. I'd have been like, go ahead. (laughs) I'd have been like, I'm not coming back to see you. So, um, Holly left for Philadelphia to go back and get all of her stuff on September 9th, 1977. And she the last person to her. see her alive was her sister Elizabeth. She should have seen, she should have brought someone with her. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um so yeah. She headed on back to good old Philadelphia to see the crazy person. Mm hmm. Um So when In Texas, Holly's parents, Fred and Elizabeth, became very suspicious because Holly had never gone more than a few weeks without checking in. And it had been a little while. Yeah. So they called the Philadelphia police, who made cursory checks but had no reason to suspect foul play. And the unsatisfied Maddoxes hired Bob Stevens, a retired FBI man, to work as a private detective in Tyler, Tyler, Texas. Um, he hooked up with another retired man, J. R. Pierce, in Philadelphia, to um work this case. so them finding the uh them finding her was nice and nice and surprising, as it says here, what they uncovered in a year of spade work. Was a story for Hitchcock. What? Uh-huh. What? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What? Yep. Mm -hmm. So a Drexel student who lived in the apartment below Ira Einhorn's recalled hearing a blood-curling scream and a heavy banging one night in the fall of 1977. But it was a neighborhood full of frat houses and college kids, and a ton of college kids lived in the apartments, so they didn't think anything of it, because it, they were, like, party people, you know? You know, Yeah. But the odor that followed in the weeks was impossible to ignore, as well as the dark brown liquid that oozed from the ceiling of Einhorn's apartment. Like, down into their apartment. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh-huh. Oh dad like oh so the tenant and his roommate tried and unsuccessful tried unsuccessfully to clean it. And so then they called the landlord, who then called the plumbers, and so then Iris uh refused to let the workers in a padlocked closet just off of his bedroom. So then the private detectives um uh, they had found a lot of th- things <laughs> wrong with the situation. So they turned their, their findings and their case over to the, the Philadelphia police. And on March twenty eighth, 1979, at 9 a.m., homicide detective Chitwood knocked on Ira's door. Once he was inside, he headed straight for the locked closet cried it open with a crowbar, and immediately smelled smelled a, quote, faint, decaying smell like a dead animal, unquote. Mm. So then they were, like, looking in the closet, and there was, like, a suitcase or a trunk inside. And he whipped the lock open on that, and what he found was newspapers that were dated August and September 1977. Under them was styrofoam packing material. There were air fresheners in here. And as he scoped through it, he came across something he couldn't identify as first, but um, then it was clear. He found a hand. How big was this trunk? I don't know. to fit a person and all that stuff? I do not know. So he kept digging through the trunk... And as he did that, he found uh, Holly Maddox in the trunk. And Ira just stood there, like not saying anything, not having any reaction, nothing. So he was obviously arrested right then and there. Because how are you supposed to explain a dead person in your room? Oh, he does! <laughs> it's it's a great explanation. <laughs> so, then um so he was like facing a lot of like stuff from his supporters because um she had been missing for it's it was like about 2 years when they found her remains. That's what one thing said, but that didn't make... That didn't add up, so I don't think it was quite that long, but it could have been. I don't know. Um... Yeah. So, he was... Like, everybody went up into... Went up in arms, like, what the heck? Like, he's supporting peace, and yet he has a dead body in his closet. Right. So, he convinced many of them that he was innocent, (laughs) he claimed that only an incredibly stupid person would murder someone and leave the body in his own house. Oh my god. Obviously then, he's that incredibly stupid person. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then came his bail hearing. Oh my god. You heard me right. His bail hearing. (laughs) That was quite the show because, yeah. So his stup- supporters took the stand at his defense a um, minister, a corporate lawyer, a playwright, an economist, a telephone company, and a telephone company executive. They couldn't imagine Einhorn harming any living thing. So, Just by the look of him, I could. <laughs> um, he was then let out on bail. Uh, it was It was set at a staggering low $40,000 for bail. Only 4,000 of it was needed for him to walk free. Oh my god. <laughs> If it was, and it was paid by um, Barbara Bronfman, a Montreal socialite who had married into the Seagram Distillery family and met Ira through common interest in the paranormal. Oh my god. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. He's just a killer too, doesn't he? So, here's my favorite part. Oh, I'm sure. He ran away to um Europe. Oh my god. He spent 23 years in France under the radar. He got married. He started a completely new life for 23 years in in France. Oh my god. <laughs> Until he was finally caught and shipped back to um the U.S. to undergo trial. So, since he, um, had, like, fled, he, it was, he was allowed to be, like, retried, kind of. So it wasn't considered a double jeopardy. hmm Um, so he was allowed to be retried. Um... I lost where I was at. I want to know what happened to this girl. I didn't really find anything that said how he killed her. I did. I read like five different articles and I didn't come yeah. across anything. But he definitely... It had to be violent, that's all i got to say. Yeah. So, um, his lawyer later dropped the case to run and win a seat in the U.S. Senate obviously um and that was before he vanished for 23 years um he oh he was reconvicted or he'd been convicted in absentia earlier and sequenced to life in, in prison or sentenced not sequenced what am i saying i don't know <laughs> sentenced to life in prison so um Unsurprisingly, leaders of the environmental group worked to distance themselves from the unicorn killer. Although Ira claimed to have been almost single-handedly responsible for the environmental movement and the creation of Earth Day, when in reality he was just one of the millions of people who got involved in the first Earth Day in 1970. And that was a quote from John Opperman, the executive director of the Earth Day initiative. He also said, He was somewhat involved in helping put together the event in Philadelphia. And that's pretty much all he's been given credit for. So, he is serving life in prison in Philadelphia. He, uh, for being the unicorn killer. Has he died yet? Hmm... He might have, I don't think so. Because he was born in like 1940 when I looked at it. So that would have been... No, he's still alive. He's 79 years old. Dang. he would be dying sometime soon. (laughs) He is... I just read the prison he was at. Oh, it just says in a Pennsylvania prison. Mm hmm Probably near Philadelphia. Man, yeah. that's just a weird story, right? It's a little small one because there wasn't a whole lot of information, but yeah. But still, he needs some scary dude mental help. I thought you were gonna say he needs a mento. <laughs> that too. Well, <laughs> he probably stinks. You're not you when you're hungry. Eat a Snickers. Exactly, and then you turn into Dwayne Johnson. <sighs> I wonder if you ha- if like in prison you have to bathe. I don't know. I've never seen like a. I think there's like never heard of public it? showers in prison. We're gonna look it up. Do you have to bathe in prison? Because I feel like if you're living in that close quarters with so many other people, you sell can't them sell bathing. that. If you sell them bathing, then you know. Of course, she's googling it. Just ask my cousin. I'm very curious because the bathing part was what really got me. Like why doesn't why why didn't he shower? I mean obviously, but like it's just weird. Do you have to bathe in prison? Like, he probably already stunk when he got in there. Keeping clean in prison is a necessity, not a luxury. You need to wear clean clothes and take showers, not just because that's what you're used to on the outside or because it's an administrative policy, but also to make sure you aren't offending anybody with your body odor. (laughs) That's what it says. So, yeah, you do have to bathe. So, you have to bathe in prison. I bet he hates that. Yeah. Probably shouldn't have murdered someone. Then you could live your life. Well, that's the story of Ira Einhorn The unicorn killer Slash lead hippie Slash (laughs) Horn guy Slash (laughs) (laughs) He should have worn a horn When he was killing her Like unicorn And his last name's horn Like unicorns have horns on their heads Like it's all mixed Oh my
1: god Alright. Well, we, y'all have it. I we need
0: coffee, clearly. We're not functioning humans. I got woken up early today, and I, like, need something. Me, too. We're gonna go get some Starbucks and Chipotle, so. Yeah, we'll see you guys later. Have a nice day. Yeah, and hope and you're... don't forget not to murder someone. Yeah, don't murder anyone. Please and don't. Enjoy the unicorn killer, eh? <laughs> Bye!